Welcome to a Whiskey and a Movie podcast with Fred and Sean. All right, all right. Hello, everyone. Hey, Sean. How are you, buddy? Not too bad. Not too bad. How's it going on your end? I'm well, I'm well. Busy, busy week as always, uh, but I always have time for movies and whiskey, you know that. Yeah, especially in the middle of the week. <laughs> especially <laughs> in the middle of the week, yeah, it's Thursday. For, yeah, it's, it's Thursday for us. It's, it's almost the weekend, but we'll, we'll make an exception for the whiskey today. Yeah, totally, no, totally. Feels It's a Thursday that feels like a Friday, so I think we're totally, uh, totally allowed here. <laughs> I think so. How you been, man? I've been good. I've been good. Um, I didn't go to the theaters as much as I would like. Well, it's summer, so I mean, I was traveling. It's not. It's not boring or anything. But I'm. Uh, yeah, I've been been haven't been faithful to the new uh, to to the new summer. Yeah, hits. Last uh, time we said missing a last lot. time we were talking, you said you might have go go see Green Knights. Did you get a chance to go see it? No. No. Tomorrow, either either tonight after we wrap or tomorrow evening for okay. sure. But no, I feel really bad about that one. No, so I actually did get around to seeing it, and I have things to say. There's a review that just like went up today where you can see all my spoiler thoughts on the Screen Hub blog, but I have opinions on that movie, yeah. and we will... You have opinions. Yeah, I'll give a spoiler-free, a brief breakdown. We're going to tell you talking about that today, later in the show, and I believe you, you were telling me not too long ago, you saw a movie yourself as well that I haven't seen. I did. I did. Yeah. So no, it's going to be an interesting discussion because a lot of the movies, either one of us saw it <laughs> or no one still. So no, it's going to be a, it's yeah. going to be an interesting chat, but it's uh, no, it's cool. Um, so yeah, episode two, episode two. I figure. Yeah. Episode two of a whiskey in a movie podcast. Yeah. Presented um, by Screen Hub Entertainment. Yes, presented hubs, Green Hub Entertainment. So if uh, you're looking for uh, the latest news in geek culture and movies and TV, uh, they're the place to look. They have really some interesting reviews. So go check him out, our faithful partner. And what are you drinking today, buddy? I am drinking something of hometown glory, as it were. We've been talking a lot about Ireland and Scotland, and I thought it might be a little different to try something a little closer to home. So I'm drinking a Canadian whiskey called Saltilege. It's actually from Quebec. And what it is, it's maple syrup flavored whiskey, which is probably the most Canadian thing I've said in a long time out loud. It's either going to be really good or really bad. I'm I'm preparing myself for both of them because a dessert whiskey. Dessert whiskey. I feel like this could be good on like ice cream or something, but we're going to try this. Uh, we're going to do it straight up as well. No, no ice. We're taking it neat. I won't spoil it for you because I did try it before, so I'll let you enjoy it. Uh, on my end, I'm uh, just honoring my, my faithful love of bourbons. I have a Maker's Mark uh, whiskey straight bourbon, so out of Kentucky. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, I've had it before as well. It's a really good uh, first buy for anyone who wants to try bourbon uh, out of ACQs here uh, or LCBOs in Canada. Uh, so I'll, uh, I'll you, you really like those bourbons, you. eh? Uh, them bourbons. Yeah, they know me so well. Yeah, they know you. Like you're pretty <laughs> set with the bourbon. They they accompanied me in hard times yeah. and they never let me down. Well, we'll have to take care of you taking care of me with the bourbon at some point today. Exactly. I'm gonna um, take a, a sip out of this one right now, but you can keep talking to those who are listening while I while I dive into this. 
Please do. Yeah, it's uh, in a discussion we have today um, t- discussing about whiskey is that we, we oh, want to have the big debate. <laughs> it's so sweet. It is. Yeah. yeah. yeah, it oh, is. yeah we'll talk it about is. it more, but yeah, that's, that's really sweet. <laughs> so sweet in a bad way or a good way? Like you said, I think it's dessert whiskey. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, not something I would go out to like a whiskey joint or a bar and willingly order. But if I just had like dessert, some cake, and I want a little something to go with it at the end, I think this is a good complement to like a decadent brownie or some yeah. good ice cream. But it's yeah. this is not something you want to have more than one glass of. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, this is something that you ideally put on ice, I would say. Uh, because again, it's so sweet. So you have it straight. It's just like it's hitting your oh, your yeah. senses in all the high ways. So I mean, yeah, I would to to just like balance it out and uh, like some ice cubes on it. Definitely. Well, that's good it's, to it's know. better, but it's but it's good. I mean, like a and a at dinner time, like in Christmas or something like that. I mean, if you have that for dessert, it's yeah, it's, exactly. It's good. It seems like it's a nice fun. little like festive addition, something that you just have as a complimentary drink. But that's an interesting debate we can have right now, apart from like having it on the rocks or not. Do you think that sweet whiskeys are real whiskeys? I think at the end of the day, they are. They're, they're just a modified version of what the whiskey is, because it's still made from the same process. It's still called whiskey, but someone decided to just experiment with it a little bit. Yeah. Is it pu- mm. like the pure whiskey, whiskey scotch? No, it's not a traditional but I still think it counts as a whiskey. Yeah. No, I would say so as well. I would yeah. say so as well. It's a, yeah, it's a modified version of it, but it's still, I mean, the, the, the basic of the distillation, I mean, it's still the same. Exactly. So, I mean, we can't call it something else in the whiskey. On my end, um, so the maker's mark. Um, so basically on the nose, you get all those familiar notes from a regular bourbon. So, I mean, the, that caramel is, is really fresh. It's really there. A lot of oakiness. Uh, more than others than I had. I, I, I smell, it smells woody, but a good woody. And um, yeah, that sweet corn, of course. And no, it feel, it's, uh, it smells really nice, really pleasant on the nose. Uh, so I'll, I'll give it a sip. Mine actually smells kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> smells like maple? or uh, it doesn't even smell else. like maple syrup, actually. It just kind of smells almost medicine-y, I find. Oh, so... Alcohol. You smell alcohol more yeah. than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah, a particularly totally. inviting smell. So the smell doesn't taste like how it tastes. But yeah, tell me about yours. Yeah, well, uh, really good. I mean, if like if you're looking for a budget bourbon and you're not like a connoisseur or um, of bourbons and you want to try it for like a first or second time, you're not too sure. That's a good. That's a good option. Yeah, so it's you probably a good tricks. thing for me then. <laughs> Yeah, it won't play tricks on you. It's really, it's not that complex of a taste. It's, you'll get everything from a regular bourbon. I mean, yeah, the oakiness, the caramel, the sweetness, the, um, the spices that you, you get from the rye sometimes, uh, even if it's not a rye whiskey. So it's, yeah, it's good. It's it's just a good, 
regular bourbon. So, I mean, it's pretty much everywhere, uh, available everywhere. And the bottle is really, um, you can recognize it really easily because the, the, the cork on top is like melted um, uh, candle wax. Basically. Oh, okay. It's yeah, like yeah. red candle wax that goes down. Uh, it's plastic in real life. It's not real. It's mm. not, <laughs> it's not, uh, it's not real uh, wax, but it's, it's still really innovative. So you can really find it and you can really uh, look it up, look it up on the shelves. It looks like it's look like it, like a bird candle. It's I remember cool. seeing this bottle of whiskey. I can't remember who made it. This was maybe like 10 years ago or something. But I was over at the SAQ, which is where we buy our scotch and whiskey here. And there was a bottle of scotch behind the glass. And this bottle was going for around, I believe it was $1,000 or $10,000. It was, I think it was $1,000, which for, it was big money. And the bottle was wrapped around with like sterling silver branches, like physically attached to the bottle. So you had the glass going itself and then you had this like extra part wrapping itself around the bottle, like looking like tree branches. I might have an idea of which one it is. Is it Dalmore 18 or something like that? I don't think it was... I don't think it was in anything with a particular like number. An older I think it was. Dalmore. I don't even think it was. I don't think it was an eighteen or anything of those lines. I think it was a very like limited edition. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And what it was, I can't remember off the top of my head. This was forever ago before I even started drinking scotch and whiskey. But I remember seeing that behind the glass and going, "You're probably paying more for the sterling silver that's wrapped around it than you are the actual drink at that point." Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I'll look it up. I'm curious to see it. it Before we jump into movies, man, um, I think we have a debate that we both want to discuss because we, we, we had fun talking about having in on the ice, on, on the rocks, or yeah. meat when you were drinking whiskeys, either a scotch, bourbon, Canadian whiskey, what have you. So I'm curious. Yeah, what's your opinion on this? How do you take your whiskey usually? It honestly depends on what I'm drinking, but my knee-jerk reaction is I usually take it neat. Or I use whiskey stones, uh, but the higher the proof content or the older the drink is, I tend to put a tiny raindrop amount of water and then just stir it in there and let it open up the flavors a bit more. But if we're going with something just that's like your standard bottle, I, I won't bother with anything like that. And I tend not to put ice into my drinks. I'm so happy you said that because I think we have the exact same opinion. Um, I mean, the, the the boring answer is that it all depends on the drink you're having and the proof of what you're drinking. Uh, if it's a higher proof whiskey, I mean, it's to to have a drop of water. So either like like one ice cube or just like a drop of water. I think it releases the aromas yeah. really really better for a, for a stronger whiskey, not necessarily for a lighter one. Um, so I always prefer it neat. I do put cold stones as well. But if I'm like in a social gathering and I'm drinking whiskey and I still want to have control of my capacities for like a longer, mm-hmm. <laughs> to have a longer night, I think I'll put ice cubes there because if it's a, a whiskey I know um, and I'm not tasting it, I'm just enjoying myself and I think I'll have some, some rocks there to Got make it. it easier to drink and I can have some, maybe some more. Uh, but if it's just be by myself tasting uh, and having a good time with you for the podcast, I'll, I'll have it neat, yeah. Generally speaking, if I go out to a bar or something, I won't order a whiskey or a scotch because generally speaking, they cost as much as like a meal these days. 
and they give you a couple of millimeters worth of drink. It used to be it's back true. in the day you would get like two fingers worth of drink in your glass. But now you get like this tiny little amount. It's not even worth it at that point. You can't appreciate the drink long enough. So I've since stopped ordering drinks when I go out unless I know the place is going to be giving a healthier mm. like volume for your cost. Probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah, it's better to drink it at home or with close friends as opposed to it, uh, going out to a bar or anything like that, which is something that we can do nowadays thanks to certain restrictions being lifted. But certain restrictions may change for people around the world as the Delta variant of the COVID-19 crisis gets a little out of control, which means especially for those down, uh, down in the States where a lot of the movies are produced, could this mean that movies will end up being delayed again? We're almost done 2021, and there's a few big movies that I'm super excited for. I feel like I've been waiting forever. I, I kind of just don't want them to be delayed at this point, but we're lucky enough for most of the populations getting vaccinated. But if things in the States are as bad as they are, as I'm hearing... Will the movies get delayed because of them? I don't know, but it's yeah, it's a good point. I mean, did you hear what blockbusters are we talking about specifically? I have one in mind, but I know that this one, I think, against all odds, is going to stay the course. You're thinking um, talking about, about no time, time to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the James Bond thing. I think this one has been delayed enough. They won't do. They won't do it again. They can't. Yeah, I think it's. it's I don't think be they can at this point. Yeah. Unless so, it goes to Amazon, because Amazon bought MGM, right? It, they did. Yeah. But again, what I understood is that the producers at Eon, who produced James Bond movies, yeah. so Mike and Jill, Michael J. Wilson and Anna, um, Barbara Bo- Broccoli, Broccolini. they still have Broccolini? No, Broccoli. It's Broccoli. Broccoli, yeah, it's true, yeah. <laughs> like a, they're like a vegetable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they have autonomy i think on the release of the movie i think yeah. after no time today i think that's another story i know they shut down release, the idea of doing a tv show and the producers were able to say no we're not about that yeah so i think that uh the deal they have with jeff jeff bezos and like his entertainment division is that they they still have creative power and how they want the movie to come out. I mean, especially for just No Time to Die. After that, we'll see what happens. But um, so, yeah, I think they'll stay the course for October uh, because at the end of the day, I mean, they, this movie's been pushed back for almost two years. So, I mean, at this point, I don't even know they can even they can't break even <laughs> with like all the marketing. Well, they haven't done too much marketing recently, but still, I mean, I think they, they need to, to get it. There's out. probably people still waiting ways. for the return on investment at this point. Yeah. And so is something better than nothing. The same could be said for Dune. Dune's been in the, the headlines a lot lately because that the delaying, that's one of the blockbusters you're referring to. Yeah. That's, uh, that's my most anticipated of the year personally. And it's been delayed already. It was supposed to come out December last year. And this is actually only Dune Part 1. Dune Part 2 didn't even have hopes to get it made. And that's how you say his name, by the way. Those who have never been able to say his name properly. It's Denis Villeneuve. Not Denis Villeneuve. Not yeah. Villeneuve or Villeneuve. <laughs> Villeneuve, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard so many 
bastardizations of his name that it always makes me cringe. But yeah, the French Canadian way to say it is Villeneuve. Villeneuve, you get it right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so Dune, go ahead. Don't yeah, uh, well, I've been waiting super long for it, and it's only supposed to be part one of two. He's been talking a lot about part two, and he hopes he's he's confident that it's going to be made. But if if theaters are brought back down to like say say twenty five percent capacity. This movie's budget is probably insane. I'm guessing it's in the neighborhood of 150 million for this movie. And if they can't get that healthy return on investment, is Dune a bad investment? Despite what I'm sure will be unanimous critical praise. It's an interesting debate because if you remember correctly, Blade Runner 2049 is pretty much the same kind of... I think it raised the same kind of question that it did back in 2017 when the movie came out. Yeah. Is that Only it wasn't supposed think, to be the launch of a franchise. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. But the, I'm, I'm pretty positive the, the movie will be positively praised by yeah. critics. For sure, 100%. I think it's going to be a super good I'm film. I'm sure this movie will have like at least 95% on the tomato meter. 100%. You think it's 100%? Um, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, 100%, like, I agree with you, but I mean, hopefully, yeah, 100%, but yeah, it's going to be, like, over 85 on her run tomatoes, I'm pretty sure. Um, but the thing is, will people run to the theaters yeah. to see... Will they Dune? feel comfortable That's, to rush out to go see... Do you see Jungle Cruise or something else, yeah. you know? Because so, Jungle I mean, Cruise what is I'm, an accessible family adventure, whereas Dune is really hard not hard boiled but very deep sci-fi it's the the book is considered it's not a family the, film it's not yeah. a family film it's not <laughs> something you watch oh let's go and watch dune although i very much have that mentality because i think the book dune is amazing it's probably the best science fiction book written of all time so you can understand my excitement for it but that's not the general audience the general audience isn't going hmm and that's probably why Warner Brothers put so much money into the cast of that movie because they want people to go, oh, did you see that movie? Everybody's in it. We have to go see it. Everyone's talking about it. But will that be enough to get butts in the seat during the fourth wave? Mm, we don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting and interesting. Yeah. My other two movies sure. that I'm excited for, is, by the way, are Top Gun Maverick and mm-hmm. Spider-Man No Way Home. Those are my four for the year. I want to say Matrix as well, but I haven't seen or heard diddly squat about the fourth Matrix. Matrix 2 and 3 still have a bit of a bad taste in the mouth, despite 2 being like a good movie, not a great movie. I do hate, I do love 2. Yeah, yeah I do. I like 2. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good movie. Yeah. It's as good as the first one. Definitely not. No. But like the third one was a very rough movie. Yeah. So I'm, I'm more curious about Matrix 4 than I am excited about Matrix 4. Okay, so we're worried basically about, yeah, Dune, Spider-Man, and uh, yeah, the, the one, one you said is... Yeah, Top Gun. Yeah, yeah Top Gun. Which I, uh, I need to see that in IMAX. I need to see Dune in IMAX. I need to see these movies in IMAX, not on my TV screen at home. Two, <laughs> Two of those, those are Warner Brothers films, so I'm just wondering about the old HBO Max possibility. So, I mean, Matrix, maybe they'll delay it. I think they don't, because they didn't, they didn't do marketing on it yet. So, I think they can... They can play that card or saying, okay, because of the variant, we're going to push back Matrix 4. And yeah. I think people are going to be okay with that because we, I mean, the hype is, is there, but we didn't see anything from the production, as you put it. So, I mean, it, it, the, the, 
that like the burn won't, won't be too bad. Ma me, me, uh, Top Gun Maverick, we've seen the trailer for more than a year. I mean, the movie's done; uh, it's been wrapped for so long. It's almost as long as James Bond. So yeah, I, again, this one, if they if they don't, if it doesn't come out it's in in December, I mean, sure they can push it, but are they gonna? Well, there's also it? Paramount Plus now. There's yeah, but not enough subscribers. Not enough subscribers. How many subscribers on Paramount Plus? No it's, idea, yeah. and you can't get it outside of the states, if I'm not mistaken. You can't. Or like, so I think we can sign up for Paramount Plus. But it's very much not the Paramount Plus you can get in the States. Mm. Now, yeah, we have limited content. Super limited oh. content. Uh, I think a lot of the Paramount stuff goes on to Prime here. That's why Quiet Place Part 2 is up there right now. Yeah. Which, All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out. But uh, yeah, A Quiet Place Part 2, I yeah. did. Yeah, I did. Really good film. Very good really film. Really good like sequel. A, yeah, really good sequel. Yeah. I think it's one of those movies, if you watch Part 1 and Part 2 side by side together, it makes for like a great soiree where you make like this double feature mm -hmm. yeah. now John Krasinski honestly I mean, he needs to continue to make movies I mean mm -hmm. I think it's his only two first films yeah. he didn't want to do the second one but the studio's like the, he started writing for them to yeah. just, and then he was like, like, like ah man and he's like, like I need to do this yeah, yeah. he got invested into it as he was creating it He's no, he's great. He needs to do some more. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, honestly really good his films. camera work uh, reminds really me a films. lot of Spielberg like early Spielberg like War of the Worlds Spielberg? Well, even earlier, like, like 70s era Spielberg, like Close Encounters or Jaws, or there's something very kinetic about it, the camera work. That Spielberg style is one of those things where Spielberg like has a style. You don't see the monsters, you don't see the monsters, but... Yeah, I know he keeps focus the focus on, on the, the family. Yeah. The family are all relatable. The camera shots, uh, they know how to follow the people versus the monsters. And Spielberg's style is a style where no one can really pinpoint his style, but everyone knows that Spielberg has a style. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, I didn't think of Spielberg when I saw this. I thought more of something like closer to, uh, I don't know, like Ken Cloverfield Lane, if that okay. makes sense. Or what else? Yeah, I was definitely getting like early Spielberg vibes off of, off of his directing specifically. Yeah, interesting. I can see where you're going with this. Yeah. Um, but talking about incoming movies or movies that are yet yeah, soon to be released on streaming platforms, have you seen uh, the Eternals trailer? I did today because it came out today. <laughs> it came out today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eternals. So the next big movie, I think, after Chang Chi in the MCU. So what yeah. Do you think? What do you What do you think of it? So I know jack shit about the Eternals. Uh, like <laughs> Same here. <laughs> both in terms of the comic and the movie. Like this was basically my education into like what this movie's gonna be about. I knew that Chloe Zhao was the director and I knew some of the cast members. That was pretty much it. And so going into this relatively blind watching this trailer, I didn't watch the teaser before. I was like, this actually looks pretty interesting, I find. It doesn't look or feel like a traditional MCU movie. I almost got a combination of fantasy vibes, like intergalactic fantasy vibes, and a hint of DC, actually, from the trailer. A hint of DC, you say? Yeah, because you know how uh, DC is more about, like, the mythological character? I got this yeah. vibe more from the Eternals than I did as opposed to, like, superheroes. Yeah, I can see where you're going with this. Um, yeah, yeah, a bit of DC. 
Um, again, I'm just trying to, to picture, because the question that they keep bringing up in the trailer is that, okay, where were these guys when Thanos was around? Yeah. Like, okay. They like any of these, these like guys, major conflicts that happened. Yeah. They just watched everything and it just, oh, well, we can't interfere because, I mean, our enemy yeah. is the deviants, I think, yeah. so we can't do anything. So I'm just like, come on. I mean, this, I mean, pretty yeah, I know much. I know a little I think bit about the we, comics and I know like the, the Skrulls and the deviants or something that are tied together. So I know the Skrulls are in the MCU now because of Captain Marvel. So why hold back from cosmic events like Thanos? Like World War II is a human event, but a cosmic event like Thanos where it affects everybody. Why didn't they yeah. get involved? Why didn't they get involved? Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, I'm, I'm curious about this move. I mean, I'm, me too. I, I don't know anything about them so I'll, I'll be i'll be walking in just like <laughs> yeah like kind of going in blind which is blind totally blind uh, so far a lot of the phase four movies like i don't know anything about shang chi i don't know anything either. about eternals um there's a hawkeye show coming aside from what he's yes. done in the mcu i don't really know anything about hawkeye um we know spider-man spider-man yeah, we know spider-man we know doctor strange one. yeah um, yeah, but even Doctor Strange for me is like it's. I know him because of the movies, mm. but I've I've never read the comics. I don't know the character that well, so okay. and I'm not that attached to the character. I mean, we've seen him a bit, but it's it's not like major. I like, wasn't too crazy about the first Doctor Strange movie, but I yeah. liked how Doctor Strange was portrayed in Infinity War. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, it's still. I, I thought the humor didn't work in the first Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, the humor in Infinity War was good with him, like, talking about the, the Ben & Jerry's flavors. Yeah, the, the humor in Infinity War was much better suited to yeah. the character because I thought the first one was trying to be too quippy. It was trying to be too much like Iron Man, I found. Mm. Whereas in Infinity War, he was a bit more stoic as opposed to quippy, but he still had some quips reserved and he knew when to use them. But he was also like, I'm one of the strongest people in the room. And I'm aware of it. So he was less arrogant. He was more of like a quote unquote like wise character. And he wasn't saying jokes to be ha ha like to distract the mood or anything like that. He was he just had that ready. So I appreciated that humor much better for that movie. Yeah, no, for sure. No. So I'm looking forward to Spider-Man and Eternals. We'll see. But again, I mean, it's. I think Phase 4 is less for us and more for, like, a new audience. Yeah, that needs Phase 4 to be definitely feels like a bit of a reboot. A reboot or just, like, a totally new chapter disregarding... Well, not disregarding, but just, like, not covering what we've been yeah, enjoying I think the for the past 10 years. Yeah, I think the only returning faces aside from Doctor Strange are going to be the Guardians. Thor and, and Thor, Thor 4. Got yeah. uh, Love and Thunder, which... Taika Waititi says is going to make Ragnarok look tame. <laughs> <laughs> so we can expect something fucked up. <laughs> yes, we're, we're going to expect some bizarreness. Ragnarok's a weird movie for me. Like, but I, I do like it. I like Ragnarok, I like but I find that the humor often compromises the, the drama that's going on in that movie, mm-hmm. which ultimately hurts the movie in a way, and... I don't know. Like, I like the story quite a bit. I think the acting's good, but sometimes I feel like there's a joke because they don't know what to do with the scene dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. I can see They're what having you mean. this, like, intense, like, bonding moment. 
and Thor will like throw the rock and Loki will disappear and then Taika Waititi will show up and just like piss off ghost <laughs> and you're like yeah, he it, plays it, a rock guy yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, <laughs> it deflates the, any of the drama that happened in this scene before or um, like right at the end of the movie like Asgard's destroyed or that's on fire and the same character Taika Waititi's character Korg if I'm not mistaken was his name he goes the foundations are solid like we can rebuild it'll be a haven for all creatures and then Asgard just blows up and he's like oh, we can't do it anymore the foundations are gone and like I get it like it's funny in the moment but then you're like but it's annihilation it, of an entire yeah. population and then yeah. you're just like <laughs> it's it's funny and then you realize but the scene just kind of derailed at the same time and then you watch the movie again it's less funny and the scene the jarringness of the scene becomes even more prevalent so yeah. I'm curious about Love and Thunder but I'm also a little hesitant at the same time. Mm. Yeah. I know the casting is great. I know that Christian Bale's the villain, so oh, I, I'll, I'll go see it for sure. I'm it's very curious to see how Christian Bale in a Taika Waititi movie. Yeah, in an MCU movie. But I mean, he's been Batman. He's been, Batman. He's been in DC movies. But, which but, is more of like yeah. a grounded but more drama. more of a serious role, yeah. yeah. We haven't seen him in, in funny superheroes super movie. We're just like comedy relief movies. Have you ever seen Christian Bale be funny? No, no, not, not really. To my knowledge, he's no. been in slightly humorous movies. Like well, he was in Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari was they had a lot of humor in it. So yeah, but, but it's, it's not, not a, a it's funny not a comedy. Movie, yeah. yeah, which yeah. Ford v Ferrari is an amazing movie that Christian Bale got robbed at the Oscars that year. It's true. Even the, I don't even think he got the nomination. Yeah, no, I don't think he did. No, no, he totally deserved that nomination, in my opinion. He did. But we're going way off script right now, but which it's is a okay, discussion though. for which another... Is okay. Which is okay, which is okay. Yeah. Sorry, sometimes I'm, I'm too grounded <laughs> in what <laughs> we want to discuss. But yes, Christian Bell in Love and, and Thor, Love and Thunder, I, I, I can't wait to see. So yeah, the MCU is going in an interesting direction. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm less connected, I'm less interested well, like yeah. unfortunately I, I don't want to say it but it's true um, but talking about if we're going back to movies that are like actually in theaters and people can see right now um, you've seen The Green Knight which I have not so I'm, I'm telling you please last what last Tuesday last, yeah. last week yeah uh, lucky you so I'm, I published please, my review please, please, today please. don't it spoil me, it for me I won't me. spoil just, anything about it just listeners. give your just give your your first impressions, please. <laughs> okay, so the credits start to roll, and I think this was the collective agreement in the cinema, and and I heard this actually said out loud in the cinema. What the fuck? <laughs> in a good way or in a bad way? <laughs> Both. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was a very surreal movie. That's very open to interpretation. Hmm. Yeah, it has gorgeous cinematography. Dev Patel knocks it out of the park as Gawain. The practical effects are really good. I found the movie dragged a little bit, maybe 10 minutes too long. Um, maybe around 75% into the movie. I won't say which scenes because I don't want you like waiting out for them. But the, there was a part like later on in the movie, I was like, it's kind of dragging here. The movie is incredibly 
ambiguous. Like the ending happens mm. and you go, well, what does that mean? What did the movie mean? What does this mean? What does that symbol mean? The movie doesn't have any answers to these questions and you're forced to just like think about them the whole time. And you're left wondering, is it really good art where you have to like sit and ponder it and debate it? Or is it something that's perhaps being a little too pretentious and just can't give a, a clean answer? Considering this is based off of a story from 14th century, which has a very distinct ending. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I still haven't quite decided what I think about it. Uh, my girlfriend hated it. <laughs> she was not a fan well, at all. I have a girlfriend who doesn't like the movies that I usually love as well, so I can feel you there. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm still yeah. It has a lot of interesting beats on chivalry once you start to think about it. Hmm. And this is a movie where you very much have to think about everything you have seen. Um, yeah. I would say this movie is not for everyone. Well, we're not everyone. We're not. <laughs> we can watch pretty, pretty much anything, and we're not the your general mass audience for blockbusters. So I mean, nah, I can take some indie films, some yeah. uh, authorish, uh, well, like ambiguous so cinema. I can, I can authorish. I can take yeah. that. I can take it. It's fine. Yeah, and uh, like I said, very I, surreal. Like you're looking at some abstract surrealist art, and there's clear like allegories going on. The movie doesn't explain what the allegory is, and you're just there wondering, well, what does it all mean? Do you think it's an Oscar contender? Because again, like all the critics are have been f favorable. All the people I know that love cinema have seen it, and they all love it. So I think, yeah, my question to you is, do you think yeah he has chances like next next I year? I think for acting, for sure. For cinematography, for sure. Music, probably, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, script and directing and best picture, though. I think of the three, directing has the best chance. I don't think it has a chance of winning the script. And best picture, I would be surprised. Hmm. But that's not a criticism, though. I just don't think it's something the Academy would go for. Like, it's, it's not too... Oscar bait it's yeah. it's uh, it's cans. It's not Oscars. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I can feel you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, okay. I, I would say it was one of these things you have to just go see it for yourself and make your own opinion because it's it's so open for interpretation. I'll go for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, when there's, I mean, in the trailer, if you see it, when once that like giant tree creature comes into like yeah, that's the green light. Like, okay, this this movie has my attention. Yeah, <laughs> he was really good. I love this like timbery voice. He was actually one of the characters from Game of Thrones. If you recognize the voice, oh, yeah, okay. he was uh, in Theon's posse when they sacked Winterfell. Mm. Yeah, if you bear that in mind and then listen to the voice, I'm sure you go, oh, that voice does sound familiar. Okay. 
Yeah. All right, no, for sure I'll see it. I'm, yeah. I'm curious as well. I think right now in the theaters that's like the main, the main movie to see. If yeah. and it's still there for maybe like another week. So guys, if you're still around, uh, go see it before it goes, uh, before it leaves. Because which away. studio, which studio is responsible for this one? Because uh, are we going? Oh, so A24. Mm. Well, they that's... did um, Hereditary and Midsommar. Okay, A24. So, I mean, if it's going to be streamed, it's not Amazon, maybe? No. Um, well, I think Hereditary went on Netflix here, but I think Midsommar went on to Prime. So, who yeah, knows? Okay. Who knows? So, it's an independent, uh, it's yeah, all it's internally independent. It's like literally a big budget indie movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah. I'll discuss it with you another time. Once well, speak, I see yeah, it for sure, well, but I speaking can't wait. of Prime, though, you were telling me that you watched a movie that I haven't watched, and I mm-hmm. actually want to very much hear about it. I did, I did. I once a once in a uh, once a I mean maybe once a month or once uh, <laughs> once a season maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I do watch a documentary from time to time. And um, while I was away in vacation, I saw a really good review of the documentary called Val on Val Kilmer's career. Uh, for, their, for dear audiences who do not know who Val Kilmer is, Val Kilmer is... He's Iceman. <laughs> he's Iceman from Top Gun. He was Batman he was, once yeah. in Batman Forever. Um, he was... Isn't he... He was in, yeah, he was in Heat. He was yeah. a, one of the bad guys in Heat. Uh, he was Doc Holliday in Tombstone. Yeah. He's a great actor from the 90s, especially. Uh, people, uh, he was in Willow as well, the Ron Howard movie from the late 80s. He was really good in that one. Um, so, yeah, he's like, he was a cute guy, a nice, a fine looking gentleman um, who played a lot of movies from the late 80s, early 90s kind of thing. Um, so for sure your, your mom knows him, <laughs> you're not, your mom knows him for sure. And if you, yeah, we're talking about Top Gun, Top Gun, he's Iceman. He's a legend, legendary character. And basically, yeah, the Val Kimmer didn't have like an easy career and easy life. He's been known to be a controversial actor, hard to work with, really, really, um, creative, really focused on making a good movie. So he's, he gave directors and other actors a hard time while he was on set. And unfortunately, recently he's been diagnosed with throat cancer. So, and after his operation now, he doesn't look like he once was, he's really like, like a, a, an old and, on like unflattering version of himself he doesn't look like he was and he always needs to push a button on his throat to talk and it's like his voice is all uh it's it's not as what it once was so he has he had a difficult life for sure and he wanted to do this documentary for a while just presenting to the world his true self because his thought is that he was tired of people just recognizing him for his roles and identifying him to his characters instead of just like knowing him for him, for he, for him, who he is really. So him and his children, they got together, they did the documentary and for his entire life in career, he always had a video camera. So he recorded behind the scenes while he was like on sets. And yeah, you can actually hear his honest opinion about the movies that he was doing. Did he like them or not? Um, especially Batman, which is the first, the first Batman ever that I saw at a young age was Batman Forever. So for me, Val Kilmer has a special place in my heart as being maybe my first Batman instead of Michael Keaton. 
because it was the first one I saw on, the, on screen. And he all he said that he hated <laughs> playing Batman because <laughs> he thought the character of Bruce Wayne to be empty. He didn't find anything interesting about him. He was soulless. And when he was wearing the suit, he said, like, I couldn't hear shit, like, in, uh, like behind the ears. So people, the director was screaming at me. I couldn't hear anything. I, uh, so he was just, like, acting on his own, trying the best he could to, like, show emotion. But he, he said that character was soulless and uninteresting. So he didn't, he didn't like playing Batman that much. So I was int- it was interesting to hear him say it, even if it hurt me a little bit. So yeah, um, a great actor, to be honest, really, really talented actor and misunderstood, to be honest, as well. So for people who do know Val Kilmer and want to hear about him, I would say watch the documentary and you'll have all the answers because he's not a bad guy. He's not a bad father figure because he has children and he's spending a lot of time with these children during the documentary. He's just passionate and I think that his passion went in the way of like doing a movie and like working in the Hollywood business, but he didn't mean, he didn't mean wrong. He just, he just wanted to do his work, his heart as he perceived Mm -hmm. it and people hated him for it. But yeah, I think that it's, it's useful to watch this to, to get to know Val Kilmer. So yeah, please watch watch it it now. Yeah. Like I definitely want to check that out. I got access to prime. Uh, I'm going to try to squeeze that in at some point, but Sounds very interesting. Do you think potential Oscar best documentary? Maybe, yeah. possibly. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. Of course, it's speculation, but I think so. Yeah. I think he could. He was selected for Cannes. What? Well, most a lot of things are selected for Cannes, but I think that yeah, I think he could be nominated did, did he for best documentary. Or is he just? He feature? didn't. He didn't, but he produced it, and I think he wrote okay. pretty much so he's, like he's, 75% he's of it. He's relatively involved yeah. in the movie, then. It's not just like a yeah, well, it, No, he he was... Yeah, he, he, no, he, he really produced, and he scripted a lot of it. He didn't direct it, per se, but he... Yeah, he did most of it. Okay. But, uh, and his the, children helped a lot. That's what's interesting. I mean, both of them are not actors, but I think his daughter is, like, starting her career in Hollywood, but... Basically, since he can talk normally, his son, which is like his voice is almost identical to what like Val Kimmer's voice was when he was younger, is narrating the whole film as yeah. his, as his father. So that's interesting, interesting to hear. And um, yeah, so he like if you don't you don't know the actor, you you hated him at first. He will grow on you after that documentary because he. You'll see just who he is, and he's not—he's not a weird guy. He's just really normal. He just—he's just passionate, and right. I think for this they, they might nominate him because, yeah, no, he's just—he's a good guy. He's a good actor as well. He did really good films, some less so, but I mean, like his—the big blob, blockbusters he did are good. He's a good—he's yeah. a good actor. I'll definitely and, be checking that uh, out. Yeah, and talk, talking about Top Gun. Uh, I think I'm not sure in what shape, but he's supposed to come back for Top Gun. Top Gun yeah, Maverick as Iceman. I don't know in how. Some way, shape, or form, but he will. He is credited in the movie. I saw it on mm-hmm. IMDb. He will be back. I'm not just. I'm just curious as to how. Like because he's not. You'll maybe see it in the documentary, but he's not. Yeah, maybe they'll make Iceman a reflection of Val Kilmer, or maybe time hasn't been as kind to uh, Iceman. And maybe he does have to speak by pressing the button down his throat. And like that's what Val Kilmer's like. He shouldn't be punished for not being able to act. They'll yeah. maybe integrate that into the, the character and there'll be like a story for, for Iceman. 
Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. He deserves it. And like, I think that later in years, he just like, I think he gained he gained more respect for himself. But I think he respects his characters and his portrayals of like in in different blockbusters better because at first he hated it. Like, it was too difficult with everything. He accepted because of the paycheck, but he wasn't too sure about where the movie was going. But I think that after some time and later in life in his 60s, he's just like, well, I'm grateful. I mean, these movies made made me a star. They're not bad movies. Uh, I was difficult to directors and the other actors. I shouldn't have been. Maybe I was too much, too passionate. I, I wanted this movie to go at some way. It didn't go as planned, but it's... It's still good. So. Sounds like an interesting, yeah. sort of like behind the scenes look at both. It's a hundred percent behind the, the scene. Character. Yeah, a hundred percent behind the scene. Mm. For, yeah, yeah. You see really some like un- like things, exclusive shots yeah. from like behind the scenes of Batman or Top Gun that you haven't seen before. So, so it's cool as much as that. a look on the character, the actor, as much as it is a look at film production. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Very I would say so. I actually yeah, went so, to the theater and went to go watch a documentary all by myself. Which one? Roadrunner. Ah, the Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Anthony Bourdain. Just, How'd you like it? I want to see it, it but really, I think I'm really going to wait. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was heavy at times to watch, a little emotional. Uh, the movie opens up with him narrating because there's all this like B-roll so he narrates a good chunk of the movie and he opens the movie up to saying, I think it's good to think about death like every day. And that sort of hangs over the movie a little bit. And the movie essentially chronicles his life at three distinct periods of time. One right after the launch of his book, Kitchen Confidential, and how he basically blew up from a chef to going on to Oprah essentially overnight. And then it jumps forward to like the 2000s and he's like later in his career. And then it jumps to 2016, if I'm not mistaken. And you just get to see him like at these very distinct periods in his life. And what all that traveling has done to someone, because mm. he seemed to have been such a workaholic he, he had this like romantic vision of said like I want the, the white picket fence and the family and then but he would be working like 250 days a year and his producers would be like like we should stop like the Beatles break up go home and instead of agreeing to that which is what he probably wanted it's almost like he was addicted to it because he was a former heroin addict and it almost seemed like he was addicted to the adventure and he mm. couldn't say no and he kept going on the road and there's probably just like so much going on. There's probably like isolation. There's probably seeking a home. He had a home. And every time he got home, he wanted to go back out. When he was back out, he wanted to go back home. It was a very interesting look at an individual and a lifestyle. Like a soldier deployed like in war in Afghanistan yeah. or Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very yeah, interesting. That. It didn't feel like an extended episode of the show, which is good. I want to see it because I do like during the pandemic, I took like an interest in, in cooking. <laughs> so I, I watched a lot of videos of like Gordon Ramsay, Anthony Bourdain, just like showing recipes. So and he was really good. He was really passionate about what he did. He was really entertaining to watch. And I like Bourdain so, better yeah. as a travel journalist. 
and they let me travel like you should go to this place and here's all the touristy things you can do he would go to these places quite often places you shouldn't go to are places that are off the beaten path so instead of going to like this big tourist destination he would go to like the random suburb to visit this like mom and pop restaurant mm. and he would just show like the side or tell these stories that nobody else was really talking about everyone else was saying go do the tourist attraction he's like well, I'm going to go to this random little place over here. It was a war zone, but now they're making really good bread. Wow. Yeah, so he was... He, he shined a light on a lot of places and individuals that didn't get a chance to have their story spoken. So I thought in well, terms of sold- a traveled person, he was very interesting in that regard. You you sold the documentary to me, man. Oh, For right, sure, well. I'll go see it. I, I can't wait. Uh, I know it's in theaters, and I think you can watch it on streaming services. But I'll yeah. maybe I'll wait till it comes out. Though I'll go see. Yeah, because it it's in partnership it. with uh, HBO Max. So I think if you have Crave in Canada, at some point it will be available on the Crave HBO. I Max do. Well, package. once in a while, sometimes I cancel my mm-hmm. subscription. Sometimes I go back in. It all depends of the content. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so got, will I pay the extra dollars. bucks? Yeah, will I say pay the extra bucks for Roll Runner? Only time will tell. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, I went to go to the theater and I thought it was thoroughly worth it. As a final point of discussion for this episode, um, what, do we have? what we wanted to do with a whiskey in a movie podcast is eventually open it to, I think, a larger, like a, a larger. Uh, what can I how like, can I say this like, like maybe broader topics broader topics and like focusing on geek culture but not that goes beyond cinema and yeah. some into different mediums and maybe talk sometimes about video games because believe it or not Sean and I are also not just big drinkers but also big gamers yes <laughs> yes we are <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, and uh, I think it's a nice, interesting place maybe to discuss video games a few times. Not every time, but sometimes when we have a, a game specifically that we both tried and we're we're there's a hype around something. And I think you, both you and I will watch the the new Call of Duty trailer yeah. for the latest Call game, of Duty Vanguard. Vanguard. Call of Duty Vanguard. And I don't know for you, but I'm so happy that they stick with the World War Two. Uh, period. Yeah, I've, Again, I couldn't agree time. with that more. I didn't play. I haven't played Call of Duty in a long time. I used to play it quite a bit through high school and college, and then it just started to get a little too re- repetitious. Things got too similar, and I bailed on the franchise. And I tried Black Ops Four because it was free on the PlayStation Plus. I wasn't a fan. It was too e-sporty. So to see this more grounded approach yet again resurface. And it also yeah. looks like there's going to be a story mode as well. So it looks like there is some potential going on here. Yeah, after Call of Duty, the first Call of Duty Black Ops. Yeah, that's actually when I... I th- in the 16, after that, I'm, me too, I phased out. Yeah, I phased out all of these that. modern warfare Advanced kind of things. warfare, future yeah, warfare. Yeah, advanced more future warfare. Whatever they're too much. I, Call of Duty 4 was great. 5 also, 6. Yeah. But after 6, yeah, it went downhill. 4 was amazing. Um, 4 was... Yeah, 4 is considered by most people to be the best yeah. Call of Duty. The all-gilly definition is... Like, it stands out. The one where you're... With Captain Price. Captain Price. Captain, and you have to do the... Captain uh, Price. The sniper <laughs> at the very end of the mission, but you have to, like, pay attention to the flag. And you're like, yeah, the, the earth is With moving. the wind, yeah. The wind, the gravity. 
like that was great and before that you're doing all the stealth trying to like get to this destination like it was great it's it's completely memorable and i feel like call of duty's just become every other year it's just nuketown now <laughs> yeah pretty much uh i did replay it recently i did buy cold war because again everything that's a period piece i do tend to like so and i did enjoy call of duty cold war yeah. it was cool uh, I'm glad they came back to like a period piece when there's like a history factor attached yeah. to it because I'm I'm like a fake Call of Duty fan because basically what I do is I I only do the campaign. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what I used to. That's it. When I was playing I, on I uh, don't, 360, I never had the Xbox Pass, so I was only playing the story mode or co-op. Yeah, me too. And mm-hmm. I don't I'm I'm not ashamed of it because I don't want to spend too much time gaming. And I'm, I mean, once you play live. You open like a chest of like uh, in infinite possibilities yeah, of for better like, or for worse. upgrades and for better or for worse. But for it's not for me. I mean, I I, I wouldn't do want want to stay a gamer from time to time, but I do want to like still trace a clear line between okay when I stop when and if yeah. I do continue. When it comes playing to gaming, I on. very much prefer playing single player story modes as opposed to yeah, online anything could be sports shooters whatever if it has a story mode and the more cinematic it is the better for me yeah same yeah. here same here did so, you play anything yeah. recently that's stuck out with you over the past couple of years hmm. well first of all you're an xbox or a playstation i'm guy? a playstation guy Okay, interesting because I'm Xbox. Okay, <laughs> I've been on Xbox for forever since the first Xbox, so um, I'm not a PlayStation. Well, I did kid. PS2, 360, and now I'm on PS4. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so you you didn't like 360 and said, okay, I'm gonna yeah. go back. Well, to I actually really like 360, <laughs> but uh, it's just like what what's everyone else playing? What has the better games at that time? Yeah, the the recent games I played that I really stuck with me. Um, good question. Well. Both of us are Star Wars fans, yeah. so once I think the reason why I bought an Xbox One, uh, the Xbox One X, the one I have right now, is Jedi Fallen Order, that was really which I really yeah, enjoyed. I really enjoyed really that good as well. game. I was surprised really at awesome how game. lengthy and meaty that game was as well. I thought it was going to be one of those I play for eight hours or something like that. No, that game. Was oh no, multiple days, yeah. man. You're you're done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It took Difficult a while too. for me to finish it. Pretty difficult, yeah. yeah. If you play like even normal, not not even like I think it's Jedi. What you have, Jedi Knight, Jedi Master, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I played Jedi Knight, and even Jedi Knight was really yeah, hard. I played it on hard yeah. mode, and then I tried playing on like the very hard mode, and it was it was tough. The game uh, does not hold your hand when it comes to it's not. Yeah, like, if it's you not don't Dark parry, Souls tough, but it's pretty tough. If you don't defend and parry, you're done. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> Uh, I go back into Red Dead Redemption 2 a lot still. Yeah. yeah there's, there's something about that people. game where I can just go into it, not even play the story. Like, I'll just get on the horse and I'll just immerse myself into the world because it's so photorealistic and the attention to detail is ridiculously high up there to the point mm-hmm. where I'll just yeah. I'll go to the camp, I'll willingly pour myself a cup of coffee press r2 to drink the coffee get on my horse and like go to uh, the saloon it, it almost feels trivial but there's something gratifying about it yeah yeah no redemption i mean 
I tried it, but I think it wasn't for me. I mean, those open worlds game, I have an issue with them. I don't know why. It depends I shouldn't. on what it is. Sometimes it's too yeah. bad. Like I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla right now, and it's there's too much game. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I think, 40 hours into the game now, and I, I kind of just want it to end. Like, not that the story's bad, but it's just there's so much to do, and I'm there like... There's there's so much to do in the story, but there's nothing to do organically in the world, except from, like, checking same, off boxes. Yeah, same thing for me, I think, with Cyberpunk 2777. I mean, I, I, I tried it, I started it, but I... I stop for a while because I'm just like, okay, this game is going to be like going on forever. Well, if you do the main story in that game, it actually doesn't take as long as you would think, but only if you stick to the main story. Okay. Yeah. So maybe I should do that. <laughs> I had it on a base PS4 and there's probably people going, oh no, poor him. But it actually wasn't too bad for me uh, for in terms of my performances. You should play it on... PS, PS5. You should definitely play it on PS5 or PC yeah. if you can. But for PS4, most people were struggling and in terms of like, like graphics looking like PlayStation 2 graphics, things not loading, missions not working, or game crashing. I didn't have any of that. The, the compromise that I seemingly got was Night City is almost abandoned for me. Like I'm driving on mm. the road with the fastest car. And I don't have to worry about swerving at the track because there's like two cars on the road. Yeah, I on Xbox One S, not XS, it still looks good, but looking at the... Maybe I was not on a 4K TV at first, so I need to try it on 4K TV now, but it still looked like a little bland, not like, yeah like those early Xbox One yeah. graphics or late Xbox 360 graphics that was just like the really? city That's itself was really nice looking yeah and I think the one thing that the game did really really well was how the city was built in terms of the the, the road design it wasn't just like a grid or some like windy streets here and there with some buildings it felt very stacked and layered so it felt like a realistic city in that sense. But because there's no population, it does break the immersion for me. Yeah. And yeah, I totally get you on that. Bit of a shame. So, a bit of a shame. Yeah. Yeah, same wise. But you gave me another reason to retry the game. Yeah, so I'll give do it a try. It. I'm, I'm eagerly waiting a couple of games on the horizon. Uh, the Harry Potter RPG, Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, it's, yeah. And my girlfriend is excited for this one. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so it's gonna, for that. I'm going to buy this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Harry Potter that. game. And, uh, I missed that. I need to play God of War Ragnarok or whatever it's going to be called. Because the first God mm -hmm. of War was oh, so good. So good. So good. And... Any, any, uh, can I hope eventually then they release Last of Us on Xbox? I don't think I so. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish That's, I could try that it. That was a, but. an interesting game. Like yeah. Part one is 10 on 10 game. Part two has moments. 12 on 10. Well, no, it has moments where it's excellent, like exceeds expectations. Then it has other moments where I can see what they were trying to do. But I'm not quite convinced they stuck the landing. And I don't want to say what, because you haven't played them. On the off chance, maybe you'll get a PlayStation 5 or something, and you can play it backwards. <laughs> but they, well, they do something. I'm not sure. And I can't help but feel that they did it too early. Like, if they were to do a part three, I think it would have been better. 
and if they set it up earlier, but it happens so abruptly and it leaves a bit of a taste in your mouth and it stays with you for the game. And, and you're mm. like, I can see what they're doing. I understand it, but I'm not sure I'm on board with it. And because you're not on yeah. board with it, it's hard to get invested in one half of the story. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope I could I couldn't eventually try it if uh, I'll play at your at your place <laughs> yeah. because I'm stuck on Xbox so I can play Last of Us. But um, yeah, I mean, returning to Call of Duty, I'm I'm hyped for the next one because again, I'm just happy that they come back to the World War II period because that's where they started. That's yeah. where they nailed it every single time. Even the World War II 2017 game that I do like. Um, it's 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 good when they go back to yeah. that period. Even it's, Call it's of nice Duty, to get away like, from all the future stuff and just keep it. Yeah, simple. just like ground ground yourself in what you're good at, and they're good yeah. at doing. It's like single player, like storyline, and just like multiplayer, um, like twenty, uh, like World War Two period, like um, combat. They're they're good at yeah. it, and they they've done some good stuff. And I mean, the trailer looked good. Yeah, I mean, it's good. interesting to see they they tried to make it different from the other games, saying okay, this time you're like in the east, so you're playing as Russians against the German, in uh, like almost as like the first. Call of Duty game, the very first yeah. one, and or even Call of Duty Five, I think had a, call, uh, a couple of it. When you're playing Russians against the German, like in um, in um, Stalingrad or something, and you have something else. You have you have a lot of plane combat, yeah. and I'm missing something. There's there they showed tanks something as well. else. There's an African campaign in North Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have North Africa battles that you had, like I think in Call of Duty Two, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Call of Duty 2. Yeah, you're right before you did the. Uh, France missions yeah in Call of Duty 3 yeah mm-hmm. because I had Call of Duty 2 the big red one on Xbox I do remember I, I just had, had regular Africa. Call of Duty 2 I didn't have the big red one yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the only one that was available <laughs> in, on Xbox that was the big red one yeah. but it, yeah it was uh, North Africa missions and then uh, that would, there's also like, the Pacific Theater as well yeah, well, you know what? I'm glad they come back to the Pacific because the Pacific battles in Call of Duty 5s were brutal. Yeah. I died a lot during those missions. Yeah, because like Japanese soldiers are coming uh, like at you from all the angles with like bayonets and you're just like trying to shoot them, they kill you. Yeah, they're coming out of the jungle and you don't know where they're coming from and there's fear. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've been playing. Um, it's we're still talking about video games. We're still talking about World War Two, but I've been playing Battlefield Five a lot. Mm-hmm. And good game. Yeah, really good game. And I remember the first time I put it in. It was the first time I played like an online shooter in like I don't know how long, and I felt like this like scrawny eighteen year old kid. All the explosions are going off. The planes are flying overhead. There's tanks go over there. I'm like crouched down in the prone position going mama <laughs> battlefield 5 yeah man. it was just chaotic in that sense and i think there's something visceral about the the world war ii theaters whereas mm. the later stuff almost feels more just like big budget action movie yeah yeah no you're right you're right the battle I played Battlefield Four. I think I'm not sure I played Battlefield Five, but uh, yeah, no, those are good games. Those are good games sure. indeed. All right, buddy, should we wrap this up? We'll wrap it up? Talking yeah. about 
Yeah. So yeah, we're almost at a, an hour, two minutes. Around two minutes. So then, yeah, time for me to. I think I'm gonna go watch a movie now. Actually. Me too. Me too. Yeah. The Green Knight at first, and uh, next time, uh, hopefully, maybe there's other movies we've seen in theaters or um, in home cinema. Yeah. And uh, well, I think yeah, stay tuned, uh, Sweet Girl more. comes out tomorrow on Netflix. So yes, we'll probably check that out at some point. There's the Suicide Squad. We should go see the yeah, Suicide Squad, both of us. I think we can that. discuss this one next time. And then I'll probably also check out Nightmare of the Wolf, which is the Witcher animated prequel movie. Yeah, good call. Yeah, so good call. These are some things that I'm going to attempt to sort out. And discuss Star Wars Visions as well. Yeah, we didn't we discuss the class. trailer for Star True. Wars Visions, but put a, put I think we can save that. that. We'll talk about that yeah. next time. Hundred percent. Yeah, this one is worth our discussion. And before we wrap this up, I'm just curious: Did the sortilege whiskey grew on you since we started, or well, you still empty, find it too? So. <laughs> so, and like your mouth is all dried up because of the sugar. It's, yeah, I definitely feel I can use a little glass of water right now. That's for sure. Yeah, I th- I would love. You know what I would love to do with this? Yeah. Vanilla ice cream and drizzle it on top. <laughs> like no joke. Whiskey on ice cream, interesting. Yeah, there's not something you would normally do, but no. I've put rum on ice cream before, so why not whiskey? Well, I haven't. Maybe because I don't. I'm not Irish at heart as you are, and um, but no, I haven't done this before. Well, try it with a rum first, and then go from there. Okay, sure, I'll do that. Yeah. But I'm glad you 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 finished your glass and you enjoyed it because yeah, it's a good dessert whiskey. Yeah, and dessert mine, whiskey. I finished mine as well. All right, man, that was great. So until next until time, next time, uh, have a good one. Same to you, Thanks man. everyone for listening. And don't forget to check us out on Anchor FM. That's where we're going to be housing. And visit yep. ScreenHub.blog for more content from both Fred, myself, and the rest of the team. The man said it. All right, thanks everyone. Have a good have one. A good Take one. care, Sean. Cheers. Sean.